Alrighty, peeps. That is the sound of another podcast. How you doing? What's going on? Are you alright? Bring in the bass. There it is. Oh, so good. So good. So good to see you. So good to hear from you. Let the music cut out and we'll talk about what's been going on in my life. If you don't know me already, I'm Kenny Molotov. I'm a professional magician, plumbing YouTuber. Uh, I do a little bit of music. You can go down into the description below. You can find everything that I do there. You can find me on YouTube. You can find me on Anchor and all of your favorite, what do they call them, platforms, podcasting platforms. You could also find my other YouTube channels and whatnot. A lot. I know I do a lot. I'm also a plumber. You can see me on YouTube doing plumbing as well. Um... How you doing, man? I got myself a tea. It is uh, Wednesday currently. What's the date? I think it's October 9th or 10th. Wednesday, October 10th, 2018. It's 5 p.m. in the afternoon or early evening, I should say. And I'm really excited, man, because I haven't come home early in such a long time. And I didn't want it to be one of those days where I'm finally home early and then I decide to to do a bunch of things because you're home early and then you put up your feet just for 15 minutes of uh, like TV or something and then the rest of your evening shot because you won't get up after that. So I forced myself to come down here and do a podcast. It wasn't a terrible force because I really wanted to. I've been listening to a bunch of podcasts recently, uh, and and I find this stuff fun, man. So I'm really glad, really glad to uh, be doing this for you guys, doing my weekly podcast. I'm really trying to keep up with it because it needs to become a habit, kind of like my YouTube thing is. It needs to be part of my everyday or weekly life, I should say. So let's do a little bit of a quick thing. I already told you who I am, what I do. You probably know that already. But if you're new to this and you're watching this on YouTube, I'm just going to show you over here. If you go on to anchor.fm forward slash Kenny dash, not dash, yeah, dash hyphen hyphen Molotov, you can find me on Anchor. That's the app I am using to distribute this podcast. And if you look at the different podcasts I'm currently on, the different platforms, you have Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Overcast, Radio Public, and Stitcher. I am on all of those things. Um, Apple Podcasts is the same thing as iTunes. I've been saying, uh, I've been pretending or saying as if they're different things. They're the exact same thing. You can find me on iTunes. You could find my podcast there. You could also find my song Note to Self there. But be prepared. It is a trap song, which might not fit my personality well if you meet me i seem really nice and the song's really aggressive but i like i like the song i like i like trap music so i'm gonna talk to you about my week and what the heck's been going on with my life because my life's been a little bit busy with plumbing because that's what i do from monday to friday and then in the evenings and on the weekends i pursue my other passions which include music which include YouTube, which include all these other things. Let's pop over to the Kenny Molotov channel. 
This is it right here. I am currently sitting, as of right now, at 1,935 subscribers. This is a new... We're so close to 2,000 subscribers, peeps. So close. It's... I'm really excited, I gotta be honest. But at the same time, normally when you have 2,000 subscribers or a big number like that, you typically do a, a, a subscriber special which is something I definitely want to do, and it's something I've been thinking about. I used to do subscriber specials every 100. Um, every 100 subscribers I'd get, so I did like a 700 uh, subscriber special, and those things were very slow. It would take a long time for, for me to hit every 100, but hitting 100 is, is getting a little bit faster, and I think that's because it's slowly picking up. I don't know what this is. I, I meant to say momentum, but I don't know why I'm indicating it with my fingers like this. I think we're slowly picking up a little bit of momentum, so I don't know what you guys want me to do. Let me know in the comments below if you want uh, a try not to laugh challenge, which is something I've done before in the past, which are really fun, but the only way to do a try not to laugh challenge is to put a punishment for every time you do end up laughing. And I think I did push-ups and chin-ups the last time. I did one for push-ups and one for chin-ups. And boy, that's rough, rough. Um, let me know if you want to do that or if there's something else you want me to do or do a draw your life or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. Let me know in the comments below if you're listening. Uh, and if you're listening to the audio version of this, uh, you might have to pop over to one of the channels, either my Instagram or or the, the YouTube channel. By the way, these podcasts are on my Chronicles of a Plumber YouTube channel. That's where I'm posting all the podcasts. Let me see if I can get that up for us. Right over here. Correct. This is where I am posting the podcast if you prefer a video version with the audio version. And if you don't and you're listening to this in the truck and whatnot, I hope you have a fantastic day because I had a nightmarish day yesterday that we are definitely going to talk about. Um, for those of the Canadians out there, we had a long weekend, so we had Monday off. So uh, you know those weekends, kind of like I was talking about the days you get home early, where you're like, oh man, I'm going to do everything. Uh, it was one of those weekends which it fell apart on the first day. And I was planning on basically redoing the entire house, breaking it down and building it. But we ended up doing only like half of the things we ended up wanting to do. But uh, I'll take the half. That's what I'll say. I'll take the half. 1,935 subscribers. I brought up a video yesterday, which is a day in the life of a plumber, kitchen sink, roughing, plumbing, vlog 47. I haven't done a teaser video as of yet for the Instagram, but I did last week's, which is one we didn't talk about, which was a full day of service. I can't remember. I, I think... There's a bunch of things I'm probably going to talk to you guys about about that, but we're, let's pop over to Instagram because that's where the action starts with this podcast. If you go on to Instagram, you can find me at Molotov underscore plumbing. If you go on to Facebook, you can find me at Kenny Molotov and uh, same thing with YouTube, Kenny Molotov. Also, Snapchat as well, but I don't do Snapchat, so I don't know if you want to add me. So let's pop over. Let's take a look at the teaser video as to what I uploaded last week, and then we'll have a quick conversation about it. Here we go. And...
morning, peeps. Welcome to another vlog. And that, my friends, was the vlog that I uploaded last week. And what you saw me doing there was three things. The first thing was I was re replacing a PO plug with a snake in the drain. Then I ended up ascertaining a leak for a bathtub. And the last one was changing out Emco bonnets, um, which is something we talked about briefly last week from what I remember. A um, couple of things. What was it? Snaking the drain, uh, it, oh, the leak. The leak was a really big one that we had a, a bit of a hard time figuring out because it was a very, it was a leak that was happening not so often, but often enough that there was mold growing underneath there, right? So what we ended up having to do was cut open that drywall, which is what you saw in the video there. And once you cut open the drywall, then you got like, a fair chance of finding out what the hell's going on. But like, like it is, bathtubs take like five minutes to fill up. There's a lot of water going into them, if you have good water pressure, I should say. So we ended up spending at least 25, 30 minutes just finding out what the heck that leak was. And then what you ended up seeing me do after was a bunch of caulking. And the reason why we're doing caulking was we found out that it wasn't the overflow. It wasn't the shoe. It wasn't the drain that was uh, causing this issue. As soon as you ran the water on the tiles, which had cracks in them, so we sort of saw it visibly but didn't know if they were exactly that culprit. As soon as you ran water, you saw the water down below. And what's funny is it's like that water essentially was coming from the fact that it's spraying, it's bouncing off of the individual in the shower. That's the way it works because if that uh, shower head is working correctly, it's just going at its regular pace. So it's it's not going to hit the it's not going to hit the tile that's on the wall where the shower head rests you know what i'm saying it's only when it's bouncing off the individual in the shower that actually i guess redirects or rebounds off of the person and goes to the tile and then before you know you got a leak big enough for the tenant downstairs to go hey i think i'm drowning down here so that's what ended up happening um Bathtub leaks, honestly, are always difficult for me because there are just so many variables involved. Bathtubs in general or water in general is just such a tricky little thing because you'll notice that every time you try to figure out a leak, the water shows in a place that is completely different from where it's coming. It could be meters away. I once went to a guy and the way his property was situated was he had like it was a it was a clothing shop downstairs not a clothing shop it was a dry cleaners downstairs and then upstairs were tenants and we went upstairs and we ran the water and and 
what was happening was the tenant down below who owned the dry cleaners was like, look, in this corner, we have some water. Okay, cool. So I start tracing this water and it literally was showing at the opposite end of where the leak was because what ends up happening is it'll either travel down the drywall into the lowest point or what it'll do is it'll travel down the joist because you have vertical pieces going up you have joists going up like this and then you have horizontal ones now if it's wood the joist is wood it'll just saturate with the water it won't go very far at least from my experience i'm sure there are cases where it does if the joist is metal it can travel joist to joist and just continue going down if it's not perfectly level. So if it's a metal joist, be prepared. You're going to find it on the opposite end of the corner. So I ended up going to the guy. Look, there, there's actually water running down this opposite wall, which is, man, it was like three, four meters away from where he originally was showing me. And he's like, nah, nah, that's not where it is. I open up that wall. That's exactly where the P-trap is for the bathtub and that's exactly where we had to do the repair it was a disaster my friends but nonetheless what i'm trying to say is bathtubs are a little bit difficult because there's so many variables involved you got the shoe you got to check you got the overflow you got to check you got the caulking around the bathtub on the top where the tile meets the bathtub and then on the bottom where the bathtub meets the floor. You got to watch out that it's not seeping out from there. Then on top of that, you got the shower control valve. And then on top of that, you got the spout. The spout sometimes does the leaking. And then on top of that, you got the shower head. So, so many. Oh, and then on top of that, you just got the bloody tile like in this situation. So, peeps, what I'm trying to say is... When you encounter a bathtub, be prepared. And if it goes fast, you got super lucky, my friends. And that's always a good day. So, let's take a look at what the heck's going on next, all right? Let me show you last week's uh, Monday. So, I had to do a kitchen drain. Now, here's the thing I've noticed about kitchen drains that might be a little bit crazy for me. And I was talking to, man, this cat's name. I once, this this guy who I talk to very often, and I'm a big fan of what he does, uh, HG underscore 10, something like that. Uh, bro, I'm sorry. I don't remember your full name, but I know that we talk regularly and you're a common person, HD underscore 10X. He was What's interesting is, is that I, I'm a bit insecure about the speed that I go at as a plumber. So, you know, you're charging the customer by, by hour. So if you're the slowest plumber in the world, they're not going to like you. For good reason, too, because you're expensive. But at the same time, I try to do a thorough job and I try to go as fast as I can. But sometimes... You can't go faster than what the job entails. And what that means to me is, is that sometimes a drain will take longer than you were expecting it, okay? So kitchen drains are those sorts of fixtures that take way longer than I want them to, but only because I'm working in a condominium. So for example, when I work with ABS, it's easy breezy. There's three steps. You got it connected, test it, you're out. It could take you as fast as 15 minutes if you are if you have everything there and the tools are right in front of your feet. With uh, condominium drains, and HD underscore 10X messaged me about this, this, this picture right here, and he goes, holy crap, this takes a long time. I and when he said that, I said to myself, oh, my God, so it's not just me. I 
thought I was just going slow, but in reality, I'll show you why. So I had to put three valves. I used a T and I used a short little nipple here. Uh, so the drain, the way the the valves were situated was you had your sink and they just put in a new undermount sink. I came in, I had to put three valves in. You have to put a cold valve, a hot valve, and you have to offshoot the hot valve to an additional hot valve for the dishwasher connection. So that's the valves and that's the T and the fittings that I was using. Let's move over. And these are the valves that I essentially did, okay? So as you can see on the left, which is the hot pipe, you have a vertical pipe that comes to a valve. And then I put a T there with a short little nipple with an additional valve. These are all R14s, by the way. R19s are the same sort of dowel quarter turn valve, but they, they're faced differently. Uh, they, you use them mostly f or a lot for toilets, for example. Actually, yeah, yeah, no. A lot of them are, uh, are the way you'll meet a toilet, but I've seen R14s for toilets as well. Um, so you offshoot the second one for the dishwasher, I was as I was telling you before, but you gotta make sure it's accessible. So you see the one on the right, which is the cold valve to the R14. What we ended up having to do was uh, make it go behind that so we can access it. Now, you're probably sitting back going, Kenny, you already got two valves here. You already got um, two ball valves right there. Why the hell are you adding more valves on top of it? And I'll tell you why, my friends, because the tendon asked for it, okay? <laughs> All right, because I know you could just put the connectors up there and you're good to go, um, but especially with the dishwasher connection, you would have had to put a valve no matter what uh, because you want to be able to isolate the dishwasher on its own without affecting uh, the cold water or the hot water on the left. Okay, so that's it, all right? So I did that, didn't take too long. That's the fast part. Here's the difficult part. Here's the drain I'm doing. So HD underscore 10X messages me and goes, bro, Holy crap, you're doing all brass? Man, that takes a long time. And it took me like three hours to get this entire project done, even though it was finishing. Now, it might be still slow, I know. But especially when you're soldering this stuff, you got to be extra careful. Now, here's the real difficulty with dealing with this situation, okay? I'm going to break down my difficulties, I should say. So here's what's basically happening. First and foremost, when you have an undermount sink, a lot of the times, if the rough-in is really high, you're in a really tight situation in order to get these basket strainers in. This is a basket strainer on the left, and you also have one on the right, but it got cut off in this picture. So the problem is, is that if this drain right over here that you're looking at in the wall is really high, let's say it's 21, 22 inches high, then these basket strainers drop that drain even lower, so you got a really short section of height that you're able to work with. So I wouldn't even use these types of basket strainers. I would use a short version of the basket strainer, which you can only get at like Lowe's or, or Home Depot or something like that. My dad gets them from one of these hardware stores because these are the ones that we get from our supplier, which, you know, we're, we're in love with these things. So First and foremost, you got to put the basket strainers in and see if you have enough space. If you do, you're, you're good. You just solved a big issue. Well, no, you didn't run into a big issue that could have been really big and it could have been a pain. So the first thing is you put those in, you put the two tail pieces in, and the next thing you have to do now is start connecting uh, this 
waste and overflow. Now, here's the thing. There are two types of waste and overflows. One comes with a, a tailpiece already connected. The other one comes without it, which is what you're looking at here. So you got to decide on which one you want. I opted for this one. So here's where it gets a little bit difficult. You got to add this dishwasher connection. And what I ran into, the issue I ran into was that once I put that together, I did not have enough length on this tail right here of the dishwasher in order to get it into the trap. So that's why when you're looking at this, what I ended up doing was cutting a short section of pipe, a small little nipple of inch and a half copper pipe, and I ended up soldering a, a tailpiece to it so that I have additional length in order to go into this trap and then finally in. So there is some soldering involved. The first place that we usually solder is from the T here to the dishwasher connection. We solder it even though it has threads. Dad's a big fan of soldering there. I guess if you tape those threads, you wouldn't need to. That's, that's why I said even though it has threads. Um, but the additional thing is, is then I had to solder it again. And then you have a third solder over here actually in the drain. And the thing with uh, these sorts of pipes is that when you have a horizontal drainage pipe, the hardest part of the solder will always be trying to cap it. Now, if you've never heard the term cap before, cap essentially means that you are going to put solder in a fashion that makes sure that there is no hole in the solder. So what you'll notice is, is the moment you start soldering this bad boy over here, um, it'll take the solder nice and easy on the bottom, but the top will, it'll run around the sides rather than stick to the top. So you got to now paste, lower the heat and start playing with your 50-50. So when we use drainage uh, solder, we use 50-50. I think it's 50% zinc and the other 50% is lead. So be, be aware though, lead is toxic to the human body. So that's why we don't put it on our drinking water, for example, or at least you're not supposed to. So you have to lower the heat and now you got to start playing with your 50-50 in order to build up a section of lead and zinc um, solder around it so that you can actually build a thicker edge to it, which means that there will be no hole in the top layer of the soldering. It takes a lot of knack. I still have days where I'm awesome and then days where you would have thought I started uh, my apprenticeship at like five seconds before that. Um, it's hard. It's hard. It's not an easy thing, and I'm sure there are guys at that are awesome at it. My dad's pretty good at it. He's been doing it for a while, though. So that's just something to keep in mind when you're running. When you're putting 50/50, the reason why you're using that version of solder is because it heats up faster than if you did lead-free. So because of that, you can uh, let it melt and also harden. Um, so that you can cap things. So it's got this really interesting consistency, which allows you to do things with it that you can't really do with um, with lead-free. But, you know, that, that's also up for a debate. I'm sure there are guys out there that can cap 50 or lead-free pretty nice. But these things take a while because you're working with um, 
with brass and because when you start extending things you got to solder and you got to solder a few things and like i said when you're playing around with 50 50 it can go good or it can go awry which means you're gonna have to redo it two or three times if you're shit like me sometimes <laughs> so that is basically what my monday looked like last week got this bad boy done it was it was a mission, man. It was not easy to do, but we ended up getting it done within two to three hours, which isn't horrible, but uh, I wonder if my dad would have done it faster. Let's keep moving. So the second day, we ended up taking this bad boy out. This guy is the K1500. Now, he is our largest drain machine, and he starts off, you, you use the K1500 at drains that are minimum three inch. And we ended up going to a restaurant that uh, we service quite a, I say every six months, we have to go back and snake that that poor guy's drain. Uh, and this, uh, this restaurant owner is always upset because somehow somewhere somebody manages to throw something down the drain and then he's got to call us and uh you know we got to charge him full price and whatnot and you know we try to help the guy out but um he, he's been a good sport but he's really really uh frustrated about it for sure that's one of the difficulties with being a uh, restaurant owner or i imagine even an airbnb owner or even like a renter of uh, of just a, a property the problem is is you really don't know how your tenants are using the stuff, the um, the the plumbing. So, like if they are just ignoring a leak, or if they never saw that a leak was occurring, even if it's a small drip, it can cause exponential damage down below before you even know it. And then you know you're forking that out of your pocket. Uh, same thing with uh, plumbing. You know what I mean? Like let's say uh, a minimum charge uh, for a K1500 is let's say it's three hundred. Bro, every time you got to come there, it's $300. Like, it's it's enough to, to feel, you know what I'm saying? Especially if it happens multiple times in the year uh, because, like, the tenant still keeps throwing stuff down the toilet that they shouldn't. Man, bro, it's, you know, it, it racks up. So I get it. I get it. But uh, we ended up going there and snaking a couple of drains. And what's interesting is that we started with the K1500, but we need a trap adapter. Not a trap adapter. We need a trap what do you call it? Is it a trap adapter? No, I think a trap adapter is a different fitting. What we need essentially is a extension to the K1500 coil that will bend according to the trap. And even with that, that we've used in the past, even with that, sometimes it doesn't let us get through floor drains. Like the best way to access the drain um, for us is either going through a toilet or going through a floor drain. And from my friends out in America who I've been talking to, they go straight through the vent. That's something that I, you know, I'm I'm thinking about for sure. But for us, it's those two. And when you could go through the floor drain, it's easier and it's cheaper because you don't have to put back a toilet, right? So we were having a hard time getting through any of the floor drains that we finally were finding. So we ended up going with the K50 to get through and see if we could hit something. And like we, we hit some stuff, but you know, it wasn't enough. So dad and I are currently in the market of getting maybe a machine that's a bit smaller than the K1500, but bigger than the K50. If you have any suggestions out there, peeps, let me know right now because it's something that we're looking into and taking seriously because I think that would be the right machine to get into the floor drain comfortably, in other words. So we went there. 
we did the work with a smaller machine, but we weren't able to really rectify the issue fully. Uh, at least Dad and I are a bit worried about it, in other words. So we want to go back once we get a trap fitter. I think it's, that's what it's called, a trap fitter. But I haven't used this bad go bad boy in a while, so it was kind of nice to get reacquainted, if you know what I'm saying. All right, let's keep going. So on Wednesday, uh, no, I started work on Tuesday, Wednesday. This will be Thursday. I ended up doing a rough-in for a bathtub. Now, I got to tell you guys something interesting. Kenny Molotov did a bathtub all by himself. Oh, snap. Now, I didn't want to do it by myself. I just ended up having to do it because dad was at other stuff doing other things. But yeah, bro, bathtubs are a mission and a half. But luckily I had uh, a contractor. So we work with a couple of contractors. We have contractors that are high end, which means that they do spectacular finishing. Then we have contractors that are mid range that do nice work, but they don't charge really high amounts. You know what I'm saying? So what's interesting, what we found is that depending on the customer, we'll go to one or the other because sometimes you meet a customer that wants quality work and is willing to pay for quality work. They understand that if you want the top guy that does the top tiling and whatnot, he's going to charge. Cool. Then there are customers that if you brought the top guy over, they would their heads would explode. You'd have to clean up the the whole <laughs> the whole job site. You'd have to let them know it's okay. We can find somebody else. So you know you got to have that range. At least that's what we've noticed. So um, we have our contractors that are doing this job, and uh, luckily one of them was there that day that was helping me lift the bathtub up, put it down, lift it up, put it down. They were kind enough. To remove the previous bathtub so what you're looking at here is this is the overflow right here and then right down here is what we call the shoe of the bathtub this goes underneath and connects to the hole in your bathtub which is called the spout not the spout it's called the fixture outlet pipe of the bathtub i'm blanking right now but this is the shoe the strainer the strainer that's what so the hole which has a strainer on it, connects to this. Okay, well, I don't know if I needed to go into that detail. But above what you're looking at here is the old shower control valve. Now, let me give you a little bit of background as to what the heck's going on in this place. This gentleman calls me and he goes, hey, listen, my bathtub is leaking. Uh, like there's, there's, there's a leak going on down here that I'm noticing in the floor outside. So I show up. I start looking, and lo and behold, there's water in the hallway. And the closest thing that's uh, working with water is is washroom. So uh, I end up going there, and I end up testing everything, bro, everything. I tested the vanity. I tested the bathtub. I tested the toilet. I can't figure out what the hell's going on because there's not a substantial amount of water showing while I'm testing. It still seems like it's seeping ever so slowly. So I start thinking to myself, okay, maybe, just maybe, it has to do with the toilet. And I'm like, maybe it's seeping through a crack underneath and somehow making its way out of the, 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 um, the tile on the floor. So we test that theory for a couple of days. No, same shit. 
So then I'm like, okay, then it has to do with when he showers, right? Like it's, that's the only thing that makes sense. So we start, we test that for a couple of days. No, same thing. And I'm thinking to myself, maybe it's the stack. Maybe the stack is leaking. Maybe the stack has a, a little, I don't know, a little pinhole or something like that. And ever so slowly, it's just coming down. I don't know. Dad comes back from vacation. He he d- goes to town on this guy's drywall and dad finds out, or or his best guess is the shower control valve is leaking. So the thing is, this shower control valve is the same age as me. It's around 30 years old. So it's, you know, it's it was time to change. And the interesting thing is it's got a diverter in the center. So it's got hot on the left, cold on the right. And in the center is this diverter. And it all comes onto this one shower control valve. You got to pull this diverter and then it'll start distributing the water above where you want in the shower head or below in the spout so my dad's like look most likely it's this bloody diverter and the thing is is that we've gone to look for this part a million times nobody's got it it's 30 years old you're not gonna find it so we basically told the kid look you, you gotta change it. <laughs> you gotta change everything. Like, you gotta just do it every, like, it's a 30 year old uh, washroom. You know what I'm saying? He was a good sport about it, actually. And he basically said to us, All right, you know any contractors? We're like, Yeah. He gave us a call, like, the following week. All right, we're ready to go. And this is us doing it. So that's the background to that story. And this is what you're seeing here. Let me pop over to what happens next. Okay, so now this here is. The T that will be going in the pipe behind it, you see this little T over there? This is the one that's going to be taking its place. And what I'm showing you here is that I already soldered it from the bottom here. This thing has threads that threads into the T, and then we take the additional time to actually solder it there. Actually, though, here's the interesting thing. We solder this with lead, uh, with fi- no, lead-free. With lead free. So, the reason why we do that is because when we bring it over here to where this other T is, we're gonna have to, uh, w- uh, what's the word? Tack it. We're gonna have to tack it to the pipe it's in, and we use 50 50 for that. And the reason why we did lead free here is because the amount of heat that takes 50 50 to tack will, uh, melt this solder if it is also 50 50 so i don't know if you're following me there but that's why we use two different solders in this situation so i got this ready i'm gonna about to sweat this guy out behind it and then i'm gonna replace it with this one and then you gotta put in the bathtub so this is basically uh this is basically phase four because then you finally put in the bathtub you connect the shoe and you're about to do the overflow and what you see up here is me mounting wood for the shower control valve now mounting wood used to take me a really long time and only recently has it gotten really much much more comfortable i've mounted enough wood at this point in my career where i feel comfortable working with wood and actually I think I like wood wor- more than I like working with pipes. I got to be honest, there's something about woodwork that draws me to it really strongly, and I'm a big fan of working with wood. So uh, I find myself carrying uh, plywood and stuff like that in the truck just in case I run into a situation like that. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I'm doing here. I'm mounting the wood, and here's where it gets interesting. 
Look, man, I'm looking on Instagram and everybody's got a fancy laser that they keep showing me and how everything looks nice and straight. So I try implementing our laser. Now, I don't think we have a self-leveling laser, bro, because <laughs> it'll keep flashing on you and it won't level by itself. So, I, you know, I've been struggling with it quite a bit and I actually... I'm better at not using the laser than I am at using the laser currently. So I'm trying to work it in and, and get good at it. But I got to be honest, I, I keep going old school on things. So this is me attempting to do the laser. Uh, but I also ended up mapping out my center where I want the shower control valve to be. And that's the crosshair that you see on the uh, plywood over there. And that, that was basically going old school and saying, okay, screw the laser. And then this is the shower control valve I ended up soldering. So we have a hotline coming in from the left. Oh, that's right. Cold from the right. And then up above, you see uh, the pipe that's going to distribute to the shower head. And then down below is the shower spout. And then here's the final look at it from a distance. Now, we don't leave the shower spout this long, obviously. I think Josh McFate was like, bro. What are you doing, bro? You can't leave it that long. That looks stupid. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry, Josh. We got this handled. We cut it in half uh, before we leave so that they know what size hole they need for the drywall. And we're good to go. That's basically what Thursday was. And then Friday, my friends, Friday was uh, a nice little kitchen drain. And actually, if you see the vlog that came out as of yesterday, yesterday, which is the kitchen sink rough-in, this is actually the finishing for the kitchen sink roughing that I did yesterday. So that's a really interesting tidbit that you might like to know. Here's the kitchen sink. I ended up doing an overflow and I had just a disastrous day with this. And I don't know if you were following my Instagram, but I, I showed you guys everything in my story. Um, essentially, here's what happens, okay? So I get in, I put these two basket strainers in, I start connecting the drain, and then I start doing this P-trap down here. Now, as you can see, this is a union trap, which means that the trap arm and the other part of the P-trap, <laughs> I don't know what that first part is, but it's connected by union. So the reason why the union's there is so that you can actually get in and clean out the P-trap. The P-trap is designed for... Uh, debris to settle and then you to clean it out so i start connecting this thing and he goes oh you don't have that extra little opening at the bottom of the p-trap so you can uh clean out the p-trap i go well it's a union trap uh you don't need one you know what i'm saying it's already got the union you just have to clean it out he goes oh you know like it's just really convenient to have one of those extra little openings at the bottom there and i'm like look I hear you. Uh, we don't carry them. This is the one that we typically get from our supplier, but I can go out and get one if you want. He goes, yeah, you know, that would be great. I just, just pop over to Canadian Tire. So guess what? I go over to my truck about to drive over to Canadian Tire, which is like a two-minute drive from this place, and lo and behold, I got a flat tire fam. Oh, I wasn't happy. So, Here's where it gets a little bit dicey, okay? So I I know how to change a tire, you know what I'm saying? I, 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 I got some skills in the tire changing department. Apparently, by the end of this story, you're not going to think I do, but here's what ends up happening. So I get everything I need. I got the tire jack and whatever you call it. Um, I bring it out, and I start undoing the bolts. Perfect. I get all the bolts off the, the tire. 
and then I lift uh, with the car jack. I lift the 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 car up a little bit so that the tire's not on the ground anymore. And I start yanking, fam. And fam, I'm yanking for like 10, 15 minutes. And I'm like, man, this tire is not coming off, man. Like it's seized. It's seized onto these uh, brakes right here. So I call up dad. I go, dad, I'm dying over here. Like I'm sweating buckets. Like people are driving by me laughing. This tire ain't moving. So dad goes, okay, grab the spare. And just bang it onto this tire to maybe dislodge it a little bit. I go, good idea. I'll call you back. I call him back in 15 minutes. Bro, it ain't it ain't dislodging. I don't know what to do. Dad's like, well, I don't know what to say. Do you call CAA or something like that? Maybe they can get it off. I go, I don't, you know, what am I supposed to do? He goes, keep banging it. And then I don't know, call me back. So I bang it for about another five to 10 minutes. Guys, literally, like I spent 20, 25 minutes banging this stupid tire trying to get it off. So finally, I, I, I caved. I, I went inside. I got the owner. I said, look, I'm having a problem. I need to sp- uh, switch out my tire, but I can't get it off. He goes, what's going on? He comes outside. He tries taking it off. It doesn't work. So finally, he goes, okay, crap, like... Uh, we don't have no other choice. Like, you got to take it to Canadian Tire, maybe. So what he did is he brings his pump out. He pumps up the tire, and I j- fly over to the Canadian Tire. And luckily, I had a guy that could switch it out for me. But it was just like I lost an hour getting there. Then I had lost another half an hour till they got to the car. By the time I got back, we're looking at two hours later, even though it's like three minutes away from the house. But at the same time, I got to pick up some materials there. So it was like I was supposed to be finished this job at like 1 p.m. in the afternoon. I ended up leaving that place at like 5. So nonetheless, I ended up going to Canadian Tire after this kerfuffle. And uh, I ended up buying him that trap that he wanted. Um, and I actually ended up doing a second trap for him. He has a small little, um, it's a bar sink, a tiny little thing like this. And I ended up putting in a second trap for him as well. But it wasn't, fam, it wasn't a good day. It was just one of those days where everything went to crap, which is what today ended up being like. But uh, I think I think this is the last one. Every once in a while, and I don't know why people do this, but every once in a while you have a company that starts following you and then they'll like all your photos and Chicago Fawcett Shop liked 64 of my photos. I'm surprised I even have 64 photos, but they liked all of them. So I find that it's a courtesy when this happens. A lot of people end up doing a shout out saying hey thanks chicago faucet shop and that's what i ended up doing they ended up like in every single one of these so i appreciate the support chicago faucet shop thank you for uh keeping me in mind uh yeah fam that's it man that that was a whole week of plumbing um i'm gonna tell you the story that happened this week next week in my next vlog or in my next plumbing podcast because if I do it now I'm going to ruin the timing of all this stuff so if you haven't already go over to Kenny Molotov on YouTube check out this week's vlog and check out last week's vlog if you haven't subscribe to me on anchor go to anchor.fm forward slash Kenny Dash Molotov, uh, you'll find me there, or go on to your favorite podcasting platforms. I'm probably uploaded there because of Anchor, so check me out there. 
You guys are the best. Peeps, thank you for all the support. You know I love you. And I'll see you very soon. Kenny Molotov, guys. Peace, baby.